Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Holden, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Three things I'm excited to talk about. What are they? Well, uh, we do have a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of uh, the latest episode of House of the Dragon, episode six, I believe. Yes. Um, Andor, episode four, and uh, Barbarian, which yes. we're a little bit behind on this one, but uh, we had a gap week, so we figured we'd check it out. Yeah, better late than never. Let's dive in. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. All right, Holden. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Tom's is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Let's start off with some trailers, Holden. Which trailer should we talk about first? Uh, we can talk about the Last of Us trailer. Um, we finally got an actual like full trailer uh, for the new Last of Us tv show that we've been talking about for so long this of course is going to be on hbo max sometime next year still don't have a release window i was kind of hoping we'd get that with yeah, this trailer seriously but, um what'd you think of this trailer jimmy ellie you're treading <laughs> on mighty thin ice ellie yeah <laughs> um Watch out for clickers yeah uh it, i mean obviously fits the vibe i mean certain things look like they're pulled right out of the video game but mm-hmm. in a good way um so definitely matching the tone and it's some sort of a blend between the game and then the chernobyl series just very <laughs> dreary hopeless yeah. <laughs> uh characters are like what have we gotten ourselves into this is an awful situation the world is terrible mm-hmm. definitely nailing that tone uh we didn't hear Bella Ramsey say anything as Ellie in this trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Does 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 he, uh, Pedro Pascal say anything either for that matter? Um, maybe like one thing. I don't remember. <laughs> I just watched the trailer, but yeah, it's definitely just kind of a sizzle reel of here's a bunch of shots. It, I I like how it. If you have not played the game, it doesn't really give anything away. mm Hmm. I mean, it hardly even alludes to a, a premise. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, it looks very promising. It'll be interesting, you know, how faithfully do they adapt the game and what will they change? I mean, the game has, you know, very distinct chapters to it. I wonder if they will, you know, faithfully adapt those chapters or if they'll make some creative changes. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens. I feel like oh, the the trailer gives me the vibe that it's going to be pretty faithful. Um, let's hope that's not to a fault or anything. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's going to be changes. Like I I'm of the theory that like the the flashbacks between uh, Ellie and Riley are going to be like spread out 
Okay. Um, more so. I think that just makes more sense than having like a whole episode maybe dedicated to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's very interesting. The clickers look great. Um, yeah. Don't I mean, get yeah. a ton of all them, the All the infected look very good. Yes. Um, and the yeah. sound design, of course, the you know, yeah. all that Creepy. stuff is, is, is on is on point. So you know, I, <laughs> I even like the end when it reveals the cur- the the title card. It's got like the flashlight shining through, which of course the flashlight plays a pretty significant role in the the first game, just kind of aesthetically. So many dark places. I think it it nails the whole vibe, which is what it needed and it doesn't give anything away for people who have not played the game. It'd be very interesting to, you know, hear what people have to say or or how many people are going to watch this who have not actually played the game. They're uh yeah, they're showing off that they got Craig Mazin back, um, or Mazin, however you say his last name, uh, from Chernobyl. So hoping the writing is on a par with that show. Yeah, but, Brokaw for me, Holman. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw as well. It looks great. Um, the second trailer we have to talk about this week is Bones and All. Um, which is the new movie um, from, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, very hard to pronounce last name, but the director of Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Um, and uh, I think he also did the remake of Suspiria. But anyway, um, Call Me By Your Name, very good movie. Um, this is uh, a movie with Timothy Chalamet again, but he this time uh, he's playing a young cannibal. Uh, and it seems to be like a romance horror movie set in like the 70s or something. Um, Jimmy, what do you think of this trailer? Uh, I mean, I think it looks pretty good. I, I have not seen Call Me By Your Name. Is that mm-hmm. the Was that like the one that put Chalamet on the map? I think so. I believe, I, like, I'm, that I, was the first time I had ever heard of him, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of anything else he would have been in before then. But that was, yeah, that was probably the thing that put him on the map. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I like the idea of this romance or <laughs> with Timothy Chalamet just cutting people and he's a cannibal, yeah. huh? Um, I, there's, there's the one scene in the trailer that, um, it's, it's there. He's like sitting at a campfire with this other guy. And for a second, I thought it was uncle Jack from breaking bad. I thought it was that actor. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. No, it's uh, Michael Stuhlberg, who he's in. He's like a character actor in a lot of things. Um, he was in, I'm trying to pull him up right now. It's like a good example. He was in like The Shape of Water. Um, I don't know. He's very good. I Honestly, my favorite role from his, he's in the se- uh, third season of Fargo, and he's awesome in that. But okay. I think yeah, he's that- also in Call Me By Your Name, but anyway. I had not heard anything about this. Now it's on my radar, and I will be like, yeah, I'll see if it fits good. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. I'm at. So I'll go Broca. I mean, I thought it was an effective trailer. Sold me on the concept. Now I'll just kind of, you know, I won't pre-order. I'll wait yeah. for the reviews. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. Uh, and that is it for trailers this week. But we have a lot of news Um, And a lot of Marvel news at that, actually, this week. We'll start with probably the biggest thing. um, All right. Well, I'm completely out of the loop on all of this. (laughs) So this will be my initial reaction. Well, no, you know this one. You know this one because we talked about it. But uh, Deadpool 3. 
Oh yeah. Uh, is com- yeah. Uh, so it's coming out. We got a release date for it. it's coming out September sixth, twenty twenty four. So just under two years away. But the big part of this announcement was uh, Hugh Jackman is going to be returning as Wolverine for this movie. Um, it's already been confirmed that like Deadpool three. I mean, it's being made by Disney Marvel. It's going to be R rated and all of that, and it's presumably going to be at least kind of tangentially set in the MCU. <laughs> but now we have Hugh Jackman coming over uh, from the Fox X-Men movies. And not only that, but he, I mean, spoilers for Logan, if you haven't seen Logan, but uh, he did die at the end of that movie. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just kind of this weird thing. And there was a follow-up teaser actually on Ryan Reynolds' Instagram that he posted with Hugh Jackman. It, he like assured that this won't affect like the emotional ending of Logan at all. Yeah, is that where they're talking and then the music covers up what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. Yeah, so I yeah you know they, they'll just pull a multiverse version of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like exactly the same one, or even if it is, like you could just easily pull him from like an earlier point in time. It's not like that X Men universe's timeline is already screwed up. <laughs> like, but, I wouldn't know, Holden, because I've only seen Logan and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, <laughs> which you know is the I got both ends, both ends of the spectrum there <laughs> in terms of X Men movies. Yeah. I well I think what's exciting about it is uh, like we haven't really seen Wolverine and Deadpool team up at all and I think there's like such a there's good potential there just from personality wise. Deadpool 2 we kind of got that with Deadpool and Cable, but I think it might be more interesting here with this character that we've already been established as this kind of like no nonsense just violent guy alongside Deadpool who is also a violent guy but a lot more a lot less no nonsense <laughs> yeah uh yeah no I I think it's a good you know uh combo the the, mm-hmm. the mismatch duo having being forced to be, be to be together I'm looking forward to seeing that I think they'll have great chemistry obviously they both embody their roles so well that Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds has not not played Deadpool ever <laughs> since he's been in Deadpool so <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> so i'm looking forward to it uh, i'll give it a broca holden yeah i will also give it a broca being excited for a ryan reynolds movie that's new um anyway other marvel news this one i had not heard anything about but you actually might be interested about this jimmy mm-hmm. um so thunderbolts um that new team-up movie that's supposed to be like marvel suicide squad or whatever apparently there is a heavy rumor going uh with a a variety reporter was saying that a few of his sources were telling him this that harrison ford is going to be cast in it (laughs) (laughs) and he's going to be cast as uh the rumors he will be cast as general ross who had been previously portrayed by william hurt who uh, did pass away within the last couple of years um but that general ross character is a huge part of like thunderbolts and just marvel in general so it kind of makes sense that in this case they might recast him um but apparently they were going to announce this at d23 but lucasfilm blocked it from being announced because they wanted his focus to be on indiana jones all right so yeah i mean look guys there's plenty enough money to go around (laughs) (laughs) 
You'll yeah. take the Marvel money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford goes where the money goes. Yeah, good for him. He's going to get some more fat stacks. That, you know, I'm definitely, my interest has been piqued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping like this announcement does come through. Because like I said, it's not officially confirmed. It is possible that it might still not happen. But um Based on what I could tell, it looks like a lot of behind the scenes people are are confirming this might be might be happening. I I'm very excited if this is the case. Harrison yeah. Ford, it brings my excitement for Thunderbolts from pretty low to uh, relatively high. <laughs> Mine goes from pretty low to still pretty low, but not quite as low. So yeah. I'm gonna go Bergeron. I I'm excited because. If they do that, General Ross, it, like he becomes Red Hulk in the comics. So I want to see a CG Harrison Ford <laughs> Hulk character. <laughs> I'm not going to be in the movie. I just sold them to the rights to my deep fake. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't John, no, Bruce Willis do that or something? So I, I was going to bring that up. We can talk about that briefly. Uh, but then I saw after, like yesterday evening they were like like his agent was like denying that actually happened and that was just like a rumor or something so yeah there was there was a whole thing going around that bruce willis had sold his likeness to a deep fake company but i'm not sure that's actually a thing yeah so. that can't be true because if you could do that harrison ford would be first in line yeah <laughs> Raking in the big bucks without having to do anything. (laughs) I don't like doing this. I just like the money. (laughs) Wake me up when you want to make another Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, Where was this technology 10 years ago when we were making Force Awakens? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, other Marvel news. Um, Armor Wars, another Disney or Marvel project I'm not particularly excited about. Apparently, uh, it was going to be a Disney Plus show, but now it's being turned into a movie. Uh, and this is from the head writer, Yusir Lester, uh, basically saying that as he is developing the story, just figured out that it would work better as a movie. So he got Marvel to agree on it, and it's being made into a movie. I didn't see anything about if it's going to be like a Disney Plus movie or if it's going to be theatrical, but... Um, yeah, that's what's happening with that. Don Cheadle is still going to be... I was going to say, is lead. that Don Cheadle War Machine guy? Yeah, yeah. Isn't he, like, paralyzed or something in the movies? I, I think so, yeah. But I think did he that happen like, during Iron... Civil, Civil War or something? Yeah, you're right. I think that did happen. But th- I think he can still, like, move around if he's in, like, the Iron Man War Machine suits, so... Okay. Well, I'm not excited for this, so I'm going to go Bergeron. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. A uh, final pl- piece of Marvel news uh, is that Blade, apparently the director, uh, dropped out mere days before shooting was supposed to begin. Um, there's also been other reports from behind the scenes that um, th- <laughs> that prior to this hiccup, which I think has kind of stopped production, is making them rethink some things. Um that there were only two action scenes set for the film and that Mahershala Ali was not impressed with either one as, as it was written on paper, at least that, yeah, that doesn't bode well. No. Um, (laughs) uh, well, yep. That's a bombadil there. You know, your director's leaving. I'm 
well, you know, presumably I would imagine creative differences, but that's speculation. So take that mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, I mean, I have not seen any of the Blade movies, so I have I have no idea. Even like, I don't even know anything about the character. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like not that interested to begin with but uh this does not bode well so uh yeah yikes that's bombadil for me yeah bombadil for me too i i mean i think that the first two blade movies are very entertaining and i think the character has really good potential especially with someone like mahershala ali it just makes me interested why they would think like only two action sequences and like mediocre ones because i think like this is something that if you put a ton of fight, like just great sword, like fight choreography in, it could be fantastic, but I don't know. We'll see. We don't know much about it. Um, other news though. Um, so Robert Eggers next movie, I think we may have talked about this before, but he's directing a new adaptation of Nosferatu. Apparently. Of course he is. (laughs) It seems like the logical next step. Uh, but, uh, we did get news that uh, Bill Skarsgård has been cast in the lead role. Of course, he is. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, this was just pumped into a computer, like the news for the week, and this is what the AI generated. <laughs> Have Robert Eggers direct a remake of an old black and white horror film that will also probably be black and white, uh, and have Bill Skarsgård, very scary-looking man, Bill Skarsgård, be uh, a vampire man. Yes, yeah. that was the most likely thing to happen. <laughs> so, but you know, good. It will probably not be for me. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's going to be very artistic and boring. But I really did like The Northman, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. His his movies haven't always been for me. I mean, I, I can appreciate The Lighthouse uh, for what it was, even if I didn't like love watching it. And I just don't like The Witch <laughs> still. Uh, but The Northman, yeah, love that movie. How we'll see. I'm, I'm at least intrigued. He is, he is a good director, so. How long uh, have we been on this rock? Did, uh, well, okay, yeah. was... Anya Taylor was the witch her coming out. Yeah, I, I actually Anya. I had this conversation with someone earlier this week. Um, but yeah, we found out. I think that was like her first big movie. Is that twenty fourteen? Fourteen. I think it was fourteen. Okay, I I saw it later. I saw and it then like Split came out like a year after that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, because. Split right? was that long ago? I don't think that's right. Maybe it was 2016. All I don't right. know. Well, I'm looking us up. The Vich. <laughs> yeah, maybe it I'm completely 2015. wrong. It's 2015. Okay. So it was Split's split 2016 2016. Okay. Was that the that fall? Time? I was like, I thought I was in college when Split came out. Because then we had Glass three years later. <laughs> I was in college when Split came out. So my instinct's right, Holden. Okay. What are we even talking about? Oh, this movie. I'm going to go Bergeron. Nosferatu. Uh, I'll give it a Brokaw. I'm, in, I'm interested. Um, other movie news. Um, apparently, they're making a new Planet of the Apes film, Jimmy. Uh, it's going to be titled Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. It will pick, several years, pick up several years after War for the Planet of the Apes. And it's going to be starring Freya Allen, who apparently is a breakout star from The Witcher, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know her. 
uh, as well as Owen Teague and Peter Macon. I don't know any of their. I don't names. know those people. I'm guessing it's not Matt Reeves. I uh, yeah. I f- I think it's the director of the Maze Runner. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that, so I don't know. I'm gonna go Bergeron. I have not seen any of them. The Planet of the Apes. You really should. I they honestly they probably get better as they go. That is a very solid modern like movie trilogy. So no. Um, Andy Circus, his character probably dies in the last one or something. So <laughs> I'm just going to assume that's why he's not in this one. So as no. far as yeah, he's not in the casting. No, so. no Caesar, no zombie monkey, no Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But. Um, very good. Caesar's a pretty cool name. For it is. Ape. And he's a great character. I, honestly, when I was reading this, I'm like, man, I should rewatch these movies because I haven't. I don't think I've seen any of them since I saw the last one in theaters. And is the first one good? Yeah, it was good. It, it it's just like not as good as the other. Like like I said, they get progressively better. Like I think they're all good, but it's just you know, it's good then then it gets to great or whatever. Is but. James Franco in the first one? Yes. Is the guy who plays Draco Malfoy also? Yes. Movie? Okay. I was to- Todd Felton. Tom. Fel- yes. I always forget which one it is. Um, for I was yes, like, is he in that? Okay, great. I'll have to see him. I'm going to go Bergeron for this new movie. Um, we'll see what happens. Do those movies do very well, the Planet of the Apes movies? They did pretty well. I mean, not like Marvel numbers, but they. I think they were all pretty decent successes. Um I mean, it's it's probably like enough of a success where they're like, you know, a new one makes sense, but not a huge enough success that they're like, oh, let's immediately make a fourth one. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Other anyway, news, Holden. I'll give that a brokaw. Uh, my final piece of news um, is uh, you ever seen Now You See Me, Jimmy? Now You See Me. It's a like magician movie. Oh yeah, are they making another one or something? Yeah, they are, and it's being directed by none other than uh, Uncharted director Ruben Fleischer. <laughs> All righty, um, what is this? Three, four, and this is three. Very nice. Um, I've seen the first one. I think it's okay. I don't really remember anything about it though, so I'm gonna give it a Bergeron personally. Okay. I am going to go give it a Bergeron too, since I've never seen him, so I can't judge it if you haven't seen it. Fair enough. Um, All right. I think that's all I have on my end, Jimmy. Was there anything I missed? Aren't they, like, making uh, an Iron Man video game or something? Oh, yeah. Uh, EA Motive, I think, is making that, which I think is the studio that's making that Dead Space remake. And they made... Star Wars Squadrons or something? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't really read into this too much, (laughs) but I do remember seeing it. I thought Um, I also heard that EA's Star Wars exclusivity license finally expired, so Disney's like, yep, we're going to crank out Star Wars games soon. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, I think that's why Eclipse is happening, right? Because I don't think that company is under EA. Well, also, Eclipse is probably not happening <laughs> but i don't know <laughs> from what i i don't know anywho that's all i know so an iron man game cool if it's good yeah i 
I'd play a fun single player Iron Man game. We'll see though. It's EA, yep. so. All right. That's all the news. That is. That's all the news. Should we talk about some hot is hot D first? Yeah, let's do hot D. All right, starting off with some hot D. All right. So, House of the Dragon, episode six. I don't know the title of this one. Jimmy, do you have it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> usually have the them Jedi. ready, so I just kind of assumed. Um, what is the House of the Dragon? It's like something good, you know? Some sort yeah, of great okay. It's catchy something title. good. That's the title. Something, <laughs> something catchy. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding it. Hold on. I'm almost there. I've got it. I've got it. It's. The Princess and the Queen. Princess and the Queen. Okay. Which is apparently um, like a, a chapter in the book or a novella or something. Okay. Um, this is full spoilers like we usually do for these TV rev- episode reviews. Uh, so if you haven't seen this episode, what are you doing? Go watch it. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's the one with the time <laughs> jump, okay? the All the actors yeah. changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... We got the time jump, finally. The long-awaited time jump, so we got the new actors. Um, I don't... Emma Emma Darcy? Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook. Yes. Who I'm familiar with Olivia Cook. She was in Sound of Metal. Um, She was the girlfriend in that. And she's also the love interest in Ready Player One. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen her in a few different things. And there's other movies I've seen her in. So I'm familiar with her already, uh... I don't think I'd ever seen Emma Darcy in anything before. Um, what'd you think of this episode, though, Jimmy? Uh, I thought it was a good episode. I It is, you know, like, there are some gripes with it. Like, it's like, um, you know, Har- Sir Harwin. Like, <laughs> um, he has three kids with Rhaenyra. Like, wow. It's like, I yeah. don't even really know who this guy is. Yeah, I, he wasn't in the previous episodes at all, was he? Like, even he as is. Young- Yes, he is? he is. He is in the other episodes. Yeah, like Which when um, they go when they like when she goes out with Damon on uh, for the night on the town. She's the one he she bumps into him. She's like, "Oh, Sir Harwin." He's like the knight that sees her. Oh, and okay. he's also w- during the big wedding show SmackDown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the one who gets Rhaenyra out of the action. Which I didn't notice at first, but I, upon rewatch, I I saw that. Oh, okay. So that I he's prob there's probably like if you know you probably notice him more, but if you don't know, like I didn't know or you didn't know because we didn't read the the book Fire and Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little jarring, but it's like oh, it's cool. Um, he just <laughs> he does die by the end of the episode. <laughs> so that relationship's not really developed kind of at all. But at the same time, I don't really know whether or not to critique it because maybe it's, you know, not super integral to the rest of the plot. You know, I'm I'm kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to focus on things that are even more important. Mm-hmm. But it did seem like, oh, wow, this is a huge development, you know her having you know having this significant other who is not her you know husband that was part of the agreement but like it's not sir Kristen. Mm-hmm. it's this guy who we don't really know and now he's already dead and we didn't even see them really talk or interact with each other 
at all. Yeah, it's definitely a bold decision uh, to just immediately kill him off. But I, yeah, I have faith that they'll kind of justify that. And I mean, for all I know, like that could just be because like maybe the that relationship like wasn't super important like maybe like it was more of just like a sexual thing than it was yeah. anything more than that that's in which I'm, case maybe there isn't a ton to explore that's um, what i'm guessing too that it's just like <laughs> a, a friends with benefits situation where they birthed offspring yeah um well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, the the kids are the important outcome there. Mm-hmm. Like, the kids are the important part. Jace and the other one, the other two. I don't remember. <laughs> one, oh, I do uh, not remember any of the kids' names. So, uh, uh well, uh, um, let's see. Allison's kids are Aegon, of course, he, the oldest one, and then Aemond, which is kind of like Almond, but it's got an E instead of an L. Mm-hmm. And then it's Jace and uh, Luke. And the youngest one is uh, Joffrey because they named it after the guy who had his face smushed in. So I Wait, named d- them all, Holden. That's pretty impressive. I've only okay. seen it once. Was that off the top of your head? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jaceris and Lucerus or something, and it's a Luke, Jason, Luke. Okay. Um. So there you go. Um. Kids seem like a bunch of little shits, don't they? <laughs> well you know they always do well i m- one of my favorite parts of this episode is just viserys <laughs> just <laughs> will his willful ignorance and blindness towards everything he's just like i love it even he's standing there with uh with lionel his hand of the king uh, yeah. lionel's strong or whatever he's like yeah well isn't this great seeing these boys fighting surely they'll you know be basically brothers you know and they they're gonna love each other you know isn't this great <laughs> it's like well and he just looks like a walking corpse too <laughs> he looks so terrible he's just deteriorated over the last 10 years it's it it's pretty hard to watch sometimes <laughs> yeah and then uh Rhaenyra is like oh yeah your daughter helena should marry or allison's daughter helena you should marry you know, one of the, which were, um, Jaceris, I think, is the heir, her <laughs> heir. So, oh, we can merge our houses. And Viserys is like, oh, this is great. <laughs> uh, don't you love, you got to love to see it. <laughs> which makes me feel even worse for him because he just wants everything to be good. And Alicent is like, just can't let it go. Like, she has the opportunity to just say, yeah, let's let's do that and secure like her children because that mm-hmm. was like the big thing that uh, Otto was saying, like, hey, they're going to kill your children. But I think since, you know, maybe she would have accepted it had she believed that uh, Rhaenyra's children were legitimate. But their illegitimacy, I think, is what she she thinks is going to give her an edge to be able to get her egg on on the throne. So we'll see if that comes to pass. But one of my favorite lines of the episode is when uh, Allison makes that sly comment about, oh, maybe at some point you'll get a a son that looks like you. Yeah. (laughs) She's throwing, throwing daggers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just biting words. Um, And also, yeah, I mean, what a, what an intro to the, the episode, the oneer. 
mm-hmm. where she's given birth and then it's like, oh, the queen wants to see your helpless, illegitimate child. <laughs> Not <laughs> suspicious at all. So she just, you know, uh, endures that march up the staircase and to the queen's quarters, which is remarkable. And and I like how um, in the behind the scenes, Miguel Sapochnik, the director, was like, we really wanted to kind of let you have time with the new casting characters mm-hmm. or the casted actors replacing the, you know, replacing Millie Alcock and, um, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the younger person who played Allison, but they were both very good. And, um, I'm glad that they did give us time to be like, all right, here's the new Rhaenyra. Here's the new Allison Hightower. Um, yeah. So that was nice. I thought that was a good creative decision. I thought that Warner was effective and I, I enjoyed all of that. I The kids, it'll be, you know, I don't know what, you know, I guess the kids will be pretty significant characters now. I'm I'm just guessing that Aegon's going to turn into a little turd. Yeah. Uh, because Alicent is just going to manipulate him into being that. Uh, <laughs> she's definitely changed considerably um, For in the last 10 years. You know, you had that first kind of, her coming out of her shell moment at the end of episode five um at the wedding and now it's like she's full-blown like i am not taking crap from anybody i'm completely looking out for myself and for my children so mm-hmm. it's a new allison i would not mess with her if i was anybody no yeah she's just become more and more jaded and it is it's I think honestly, the the casting change for that was was uh, very, very good. I think Olivia Cook is doing really well so far. I'm really interested to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think she's fit in seamlessly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to Emma Darcy. So we'll yeah, see. she hasn't really gotten a chance to shine yet. I don't think. Um, she's been very subdued uh, so far in that in just this one episode. Um, so I'm waiting for something a bit more but i'm sure she'll be good yeah um so yeah like allison's just trying to get viserys to see that hey these kids are definitely sir harwin strong's kids mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh no well you know one time there was this white horse and then they had sex with the black horse and then there was a brown horse and she's <laughs> like i don't think that actually happened <laughs> why well, i i uh, when that happened, I was just like, well, I guess they didn't have Punnett squares back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bi- the biology class in Westeros was uh, an elective, not a required course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I love, you know, Sir Laris Strong. Just has his father and brother killed <laughs> by like these prisoners and slices off their tongues. That guy is. He is. What does he even want? I'm like, uh, yeah, is this he's guy? <laughs> like even last episode when it was he was just kind of this vague uh, ally to Allison or trying to be an ally with Allison. I was I was like, oh, this dude, this dude's bad news. And then just immediately he's he's just this like terrible, like seemingly evil guy. But I mean, I don't know. Every character in this is so three-dimensional but i'm sure there'll be another angle to it or maybe not maybe he is just a a jerk i'm just confused at what he wants yeah that's where i'm like i his motivation yeah what is motivating him to do this 
uh, to his own family, which of course in game and you know Westeros, it's like oh, family is like everything. Yeah, it's it's legacy. not clear what side he's playing really. Um, maybe he's just trying to play all of them. Maybe he's a little finger. He definitely seems aggressive. like a little finger type. Is he just trying to get himself on the throne, or I can't tell. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he he. <laughs> takes out uh, his father the hand of the king probably the the best hand of the king yeah. of all time oh yeah honestly <laughs> like the only yeah. one that seems to be like a genuinely you know good person like at best interests are the kingdom and the king and everything and, and then just gets off so <laughs> is he he could be obje- you could make an argument that he's just objectively the the nicest most well-rounded character in game of thrones <laughs> like he, he didn't have any faults that i can recall off the top of my head um and he when he finds out you know it's like yeah this children are Ill- illegitimate i should resign from this position even though it you know i could stay and viserys is like begging him mm-hmm. um yeah no it's it's great i wonder if he would have lived if he would have been able to resign um yeah, I don't know. Because it seems like Laris, for whatever reason, wants Otto back in the position. So we'll see what that is. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm assuming that Otto is gonna become the hand of the king once again. Yeah. Yeah. It seems it that seems logical, especially since he was seemingly just kicked out so early in the show that he would have to come back for some reason. But then there would be like a, a constant te- tension between him and Viserys. Uh, just because of how how he had previously been fired, yeah. All right, so that's one kind of the the the, the big storyline: the queen and the princess, or whatever that the name of the episode was. The other, the princess and the queen. Uh, the other kind of storyline is Damon off in Pentos in mm-hmm. Essos with Lena, and another relationship that you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting, and then one of them <laughs> dies by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. It was interesting because I think the what like most of us were probably expecting was just like you know he's he's stuck in another marriage or whatever that he's not super into and that doesn't seem to be the full case here like he doesn't see it's not like he has undying love for her or anything but it, he seems to at least be content with a lot of what he has um with his kids and his wife and everything and I mean he he, there is some conflict there with him wanting to, uh, like take residency at that whatever wherever I don't know what, what castle or whatever. it was some yeah, but anyway basically um, just feel like yeah they're gonna pay us to let to and we'll use our dragons for them yeah exactly, um, but he he does seem to care about her uh, to an extent um, but then yeah she just she dies the show has like the like the most horrific like birth scenes just in general like it like we've had three so far two of them in this episode or three or three main ones and all three have been uncomfortable to different degrees yeah Um, so pretty high infant mortality rate in westeros unfortunately yeah so yeah that um I thought her death was cool. Apparently, that's a change from the the book. I believe in the book, she dies like uh, Queen Emma dies, Viserys's first wife. Sure, 
Um, but I like the change and I like how it, there are parallels to like, he makes the joke that, oh, you know, the air for the day and he's, and you know, after Emma and the King's son dies, who I forget his name. Um, and so that kind of happens to him and his family. And I thought the, the dragon, the dragon death was cool. I thought I liked how, um, Ray, I forget the the dragon's name now. The big one, Vagar or something. That's I like something how he big has dragon. the The biggest one left because Balerion is dead. The big skull in, in the mm-hmm. Red Keep. The 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 new big mama, I guess, because it's because uh, I think it's Vagar is a girl, so she's old and like she clearly has this connection where like she wasn't. You know, that that dragon didn't hatch. She bonded with it, and that's how she got her dragon. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool how Vagar hesitated before lighting her up and, well, and yeah. burning her. <laughs> and their so. dragon's just thinking, well, why? <laughs> why would you want this? Like, you sure? Like, like, you know, it's like when you click on something in your computer, it's like, are you sure you want to delete this? Y- yeah. Are you sure you <laughs> no, want to delete Coming back from a bunch of dragon breath. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah um so i thought that was a a cool scene and and it'll be interesting like you know i i hope they show a little bit of damon as a a dad like Mm -hmm. now without you know he's just got these two daughters that uh i'm guessing he's pretty helpless in that regard or or if he'll try to be a good father to him to them also um missaria that one lady from earlier is still just gone but i'm pretty sure she's gonna come back at some point which one his like one the one he was like he wanted to be his wife when he was at dragonstone and he got into that oh, argument yeah. with otto That's she right. has I just forgot been about her. <laughs> missing for 10 years so maybe i'm maybe he goes back and he's like hey rhaenyra your boy toy also just <laughs> burned up <laughs> do you want to do you want to you know be a thing and i don't know we'll see what happens uh i don't know i will see, i i don't know i will we'll just have to see what happens uh you have a uh, lanor who we haven't really mentioned renia's actual husband mm-hmm. um kind of want to just go off the war and stuff but they're they're off to dragonstone now so we'll see We'll see how long Lanor lasts. I, I, he could be a character that survives the whole show or or dies the next episode. I have no idea with him. Well, I mean, that can go for a lot a lot of these characters. That's true, but I don't As see like usual. Damon or Rhaenyra or Allison dying. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's interesting. I uh, his dynamic with Rhaenyra is is interesting because he he clearly just he wants to go off to war. He doesn't. Or he's running away from his problems more so. I don't know if he does if it's that he doesn't care for the kids or anything. It's just more so he's he's running from his problems, and they have a whole conversation about that. But I did like um, when they decide when Rhaenyra's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to Dragonstone." That he's she's like, "Oh, but you can bring that guy with you." Yeah, like that was nice, even though he had just been a, a, a dick to her. <laughs> like, yeah, but. bring that guy with you and. Maybe I'll just play around with Damon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I will see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to mention about the episode, Holden? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
Again, I thought it was solid. another solid episode. Like, like I said, like I, I was a couple things happened fast, but I like how they kind of just threw you in and let you figure mm-hmm. it out. I liked that rather than all right, here's everything you missed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Kristen Cole also. Oh yeah, one of the just <laughs> most despicable people suddenly in I Westeros. It's weird for me that his actor didn't change. I I think that's like the one other one that I think because I know he is supposed to be older than Rhaenyra and whatnot in in the older episodes, but it's just weird to me that she suddenly looks so much older and he looks like the same. I think they could have utilized beards. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah, been or something really like clean that. shaven, yeah. and then he has like a really scruffy beard or something. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um. Which I'm like, does he have a beard in the beginning? I don't even remember now. Maybe they did do that. but <laughs> I don't think so. I agree. It does seem like some characters aged a lot and others didn't age all that much. Yeah. Like Damon doesn't really seem that different. Yeah. I, I don't think I have as much of a problem with him because he's, I mean, he was already like 30 some. So, I mean, 10 years. Just It's I weird to it me would... that he had the long hair, then cut it, and then he has the long hair again now like i mm-hmm. think they should have just done a different haircut with the big time jump yeah committed to the the cut hair yeah and that 10 year time jump or something yeah anywho I agree that is kind of weird anywho did not see the kirsten cole turn coming yeah that's very interesting it's <laughs> <laughs> very quickly just became a very hated character so i'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by him and his relationship with allison yeah all right uh well more hot d coming at you next week in the meantime though holden we've got another show to talk about and that's andor so let's talk about the fourth episode of andor on disney plus all right andor episode four titled aldani 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 something it's the name of the planet in the episode um anyway uh yes spoilers for this like with hot d um so what do you think of this episode jimmy holden coruscant is back it is (laughs) my favorite star wars planet. i was talking to you about this i'm like i'm pretty sure we haven't seen coruscant in live action other than very briefly in just the the uh, Anakin versus Obi-Wan like training sequence from Obi-Wan Kenobi which really mm-hmm. was just like one room at the Jedi Temple yeah you know this is like a green the, screen the first time we've seen it since like 2005 in live mm-hmm. action I'm pretty sure and it looks good it looks great it's probably the best it's ever looked <laughs> so well, yeah <laughs> I would agree um and I, like I said, like this was the part that piqued my interest about the show from the trailer was this idea of the this republic where you have all of a sudden this kind of the the kind of the prime minister just takes over and becomes a dictator, mm-hmm. but the Senate also still exists, so there's like there's still some sort of democratic element to it, and all these politicians, uh, but it's that transition from this republic to uh, this 
empire led by the emperor, the dictator himself. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think this is really cool to see the bureaucracy built into this and seeing that transition happen. Um, yeah. And, and all and the Jimmy, the gray characters in between. What's what were you saying? Yeah. Well, you had mentioned when we, we saw each other on Friday that this show feels like it's written for adults. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which is is a nice change of pace from like a lot of the other Star Wars shows we've gotten. Even with Mandalorian, like anyone can enjoy it or whatnot. But this is like the the characters are more gray um, and not in just a surface level sense. And there's a lot of depth to everyone too um, that we haven't been able to fully explore yet. Um, I mean, you have uh, Stellan Skarsgård who is probably my favorite character so far um, just because it seems like there's so much to him. He's, he is like an onion. He has layers, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Like an ogre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And I, I love seeing this, this world that they've created. Like, uh, of course you have the guy who plays Kyburn. <laughs> it's just that of like the, you know, the CIA or the FBI of the empire, mm-hmm. that cool white, building uh the imperial architecture just so clean all the uniforms so crisp and fitted uh i really enjoyed that and i love just these people trying to climb this ladder and stomp (laughs) on each other um great uh (laughs) and uh i i love how you know the whole sequence with uh kyber saying that you know we're we're not just an intelligence agency we're a healthcare. Mm-hmm. We like see these diseases and we treat them. We're proactive, you know, because the the later you discover the disease, the the worse it is. And just you know, like these very, you know, the emp- the Imperials are actually seemingly good at their jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is kind of refreshing. Um, but there are there are like there is red tape and the, and some of the characters get frustrated by that. But I like these antagonists they're setting up because I could see maybe they're frustrated by the system and they want to join the rebellion, but at the same time, maybe they're frustrated by it. And that just brings out their worst side. So like, uh, well, yeah, our guy from the first couple episodes, who's trying Who to I, chase down Cassian with the, the punchable yeah. face. I'm I like want to mention, I think, okay, I, I didn't, um, I, I won't spoil exactly what happens in Succession. I think he is in the final episode of Succession, or of the first season of Succession. That actor? Yeah. And I think, I, without spoiling what happens in that episode, I think it's like that big moment with Kendall in that finale. I think it's the character that's with him. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I haven't double-checked that. I probably should have, but it, he looks very similar. I was thinking that the whole time I was watching the episode of Succession, but... Is that the guy with the punchable face from Andor? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but I was talking to Holden about it on Friday. I was like, you know, I could see this character going, you know, he's fed up with the Empire, stepping mm-hmm. on his toes, and he's going to rebel against him. Or I could see it being like, I hate all of this. I'm just going to destroy everything. I'm going to go even more rogue and dark and all this yeah. stuff. 
honestly him like i i want to see him go rogue i just i feel like he has we like it's been established how determined and how in the right he views himself and everything and i mean in some cases in, in, to some extent he is like he's, he's trying to you know he tried to bring what he's the thought as a murderer to justice yeah exactly so like from his perspective he is you know in the right um but I want to see him like kind of become more unhinged and everything. And while I do think he could potentially become an ally uh, because he's just become disillusioned with how this whole thing has turned out. I think it would be personally, I think it would be more interesting if he, he went more and more off the rails. Yeah. I love the idea of Mon Mothma also just kind of like being in the Senate, like she's Mm -hmm. Senator, all these people. It's kind of, I mean, uh, I mean, it definitely is like this, probably intentionally, but it is like the Nazis are taking over your government, yeah. you know, but it's still the, you know, the whatever, the whatever it's called, the Crystal Noct or what Knight of whatever knives when they like basically eliminate all their opposition in the government. It's like before that happens. So you have these people like Mon Mothma who are like, I I why are you inviting these awful people over to over to dinner? Um yeah. that sort of thing, which is which is really interesting. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. And she's like, Yeah, well, tell that to all these people who whose lives are ruined based on these policies you guys are passing in the Senate. That's one of the things I wanted to mention. Um was Mon Mothma. I think honestly, one of the more interesting things that this episode has established that I wasn't expecting was was her like marital issues or whatever yeah with this guy um and i'm i'm interested because i mean he clearly i i mean i don't think he's aware of her like rebel connections or anything and they they seem so like distant in just ideology and everything so while i'm i don't want it to be a main focus i do think it'll be interesting exploring that as the show moves forward i agree i i really enjoyed the scene where um, excuse me. Uh, you know the, the Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård's character is the uh, the like the museum curator. Like he he switches. He puts the wig on. He puts on yeah. the fancy clothes and the rings and that whole cover up and how you know the Empire is starting to crack down on Mon Mothma. They changed out her driver. They're getting more. You know they're starting to close in the grips. They're taking away the freedoms of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. I love it. It's just slow. It's this slow change over time. How did we get from point A to point B? How did, you know, Revenge of the Sith turn into, you know, the line by Grand Moff Tarkin or whatever? Oh, the Imperial Senate has been dissolved in A New Hope. Like, I wanted to see mm-hmm. that transition, and it's cool to see it happening because I do think it it is really interesting. Um, yeah. I love that scene, the espionage that this is the rebellion kind of thing I wanted to see. Yeah. Like it's great that like you have like the little kind of like the Ewok sort of characters fighting against the Empire. That's classic Star Wars, but love to see it like the internal workings of the Empire and people trying to infiltrate that politically, not mm-hmm. just so basic, oh, they're the bad guys. We hate, we're gonna get together and be the good guys and fight them with guns to protect our land or whatever. I, I did find it interesting so far, though, that they really haven't strayed away from, like, human characters too much. Um, 
Because I was honestly, when I we'll, we'll get in a minute to the and or joining the rebellion group, but honestly, I was expecting them to get there, and you'd you'd have like a you know um, at least one strange alien looking character. There usually is in these Star Wars shows, and but there wasn't. So I don't. It's I don't know. I don't necessarily dislike it because I think it. I mean, you can. It's easier to make fully fleshed emotion like characters that uh probably with human faces than it is like with a big you know prosthetic mask on (laughs) yeah no i didn't even notice but that is a good point there haven't been like any alien characters Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's it's cool i'm looking forward to it of course they got the whole scene where they kind of say the plan and like there's this like astrological astronomical excuse me phenomenon that happens in the sky and that's what they're going to use as their cover to avoid the tie fighters and steal the payrolls whatever it is the imperial yeah, payroll. payroll for some imperial sector or something like that um which i i think is kind of delightfully mundane almost um I may I like it isn't like this big MacGuffin that will like change the tide of the war or anything, but it, it just shows like in these early stages of the rebellion how like just <laughs> random like little things they need to like to accomplish and how they're they're still like the most insurmountable tasks. Like this is something that's taken years of planning just to do this one seemingly boring thing. Um but that just shows how much in its infancy the the rebellion is. Well, I wonder if another part of the empire is that the empire is like all humans. Yeah, that could be. You know, like if you think of the original movies, like I don't think there is anybody who is not a human a part of the empire. I mean, clearly all the stormtroopers. Yeah, aside from droids, you know, obviously. but The droids, but it, I mean, not until you get into like the... The Inquisitors, which are a recent invention in Star Wars, um, or addition, I should say, are have any characters been not human associated with the Empire? So maybe it's like a a race thing, <laughs> you know? Like it maybe could the be, Empire, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> states this as like, hey, this is this is this way. So then, if you are trying to infiltrate it, you know, from the inside, maybe that's why all these characters are are human. So they don't yeah. they don't stand out. But I hadn't I didn't even notice. So that was a good observation, Holden. Didn't mm-hmm. even think about it. Um That's what I'm here for. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the um, whole plan. I'm excited to see the plan come through. I also liked the fact that Stellan Skarsgard was like, hey, you know what? If Andor doesn't work out, he just can die. That's yeah, fine. he's expendable. <laughs> Which I'm like, you really kind of risked your life for this guy to be expendable. So maybe it's a bluff, but We'll yeah, see. I'm. I I like the leader of that little squad. She seems uh, like just very committed to the cause, and she's so she's just so. She's not very trusting of Andor, but she trusts Stellan Skarsgård's character, so she's kind of taking him at his word for Andor's skill and everything. So I'm I'm interested. She's kind of and one of Andor's only defenders in this group, and that's only because of the, of that you know word that Stellan Skarsgård gave her. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm guessing you know somehow 
Bix's friend from that other planet's going to come into the fold, I would imagine. So we'll see how that happens and see how this plan goes. I'm sure something will go wrong. Andor is still the least interesting character in the show, (laughs) probably. But like I mentioned last week, I don't really dislike that i don't really like he's fine and everyone else around him is is really good so far so i'm i don't mind that the supporting cast is stronger yep all right well we'll we'll react to the next episode next week we'll see how everything shakes out uh anything else for for you from you holden otherwise we'll jump into our barbarian review no i'm very excited for the next one all right barbarian sweet Diving into Barbarian non-spoiler review. All right, uh, so we went and watched Barbarian. Uh, this is a horror film that came out around a month ago at this point. Uh, so many of you may have already seen it. We just kind of had a gap week this week, and uh, it was something we had talked about seeing. Um, So we decided we would do it. Um, This is kind of exciting, though, because neither of us really knew anything about this movie. Um, You had seen the trailer, but you didn't remember much from it. I didn't remember the trailer at all and only had a little bit of recollection when the movie started. And I was like, oh, yeah, this was kind of the premise. This is why I was Mm -hmm. interested. But in terms of like visuals, who was in the movie at all? (laughs) Like I did not remember anything. So. Everything, even like the stuff that you see on the poster, like I hadn't seen any of that. So I was, I had no idea where this movie was going. And I highly recommend that, that uh, you don't know anything going into this movie because I think it makes it very entertaining and a very good ride. So we will definitely steer far from, from spoilers. Yeah. Non spoiler. Yeah. There'll be a short non spoiler because go into this knowing nothing. It, <laughs> it was such a fun time to just go into a movie for once and not just knowing a bunch about it already. Um, but, uh, kind of just start, I guess we can, we can talk about, uh, performances in this movie are very good. Um, you have Georgina Campbell, um, is the lead actress, I believe. She was great. I didn't recognize her from anything else. I don't know. I didn't really look into if she was if this was her breakout or anything, but I thought she was fantastic. Um, Bill Skarsgård is is in the yeah. movie too, and I think we should just stop there. Even yeah, yeah. Like, I think those are the two uh, we'll, yeah, we'll like, stick with. <laughs> but yeah, Bill Skarsgård, and he's great too. Um, and it's it is just weird seeing a movie where he like <laughs> at least at the start, you know, just looks like a normal guy. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård is typically just always in this like creepy makeup, and of course he's Pennywise in the It movies, so this mm-hmm. is just a, a change of pace for him. Um, but I mean, but, I guess the the only thing I would say is, okay, it's a it's a very effective horror movie, and the 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 very basic premise I would say is what you is the very beginning of the movie is this lady is traveling. She goes to her Airbnb and finds out that it's been like double booked mm-hmm. by Bill Skarsgård. And does she stay? Does she go? Who is this guy? Can she trust him? 
And that's the premise of the movie. Like, imagine going to an Airbnb, it's double booked, and you have no idea whether or not you can trust the other person there. Yeah, and in the middle of Detroit, too. Like, in this yeah. the, this just dilapidated neighborhood in Detroit. It's, it's. I mean, she has every reason to be <laughs> to be wary of, of this whole situation. Also, I just looked up to see what else she was in. She's the lead of that uh, Hang the DJ episode of Black Mirror. That's what she's from. I was like, she is so familiar. <laughs> that is what she's from. Yeah. She's very okay. good in that, too. Yeah, she was. Um... But yeah, but I, yeah, honestly, like plot wise, that's all I'm going to say. I will say that this was one of my favorite movies of the year. I really liked it. I I don't think it was quite on that level for me. Um, I think I just had some issues with um, maybe some pacing and logic things that I'll, I'll have to get to um, in spoilers. Um, but it is it, it's in it is a very. I'll, I will say insane movie. I think I, I'll say that at least. It is it is a wild ride um, that you just need to know nothing about. Uh, shot very creatively, too. Um, v- highly effective visual storytelling. I yeah. And I think there's a lot of really good kind of social undertones to it as well. Like you have in, like, Get Out, how it's like, you know... You have these themes about mm-hmm. race here. It's kind of like, oh, these themes about what it's like to be a, a woman in a lot of these situations it, compared I, to being a man. I mean, yeah, last week we, I think it was last week we talked about Don't Worry Darling. And I compared that to men. And this movie, the, handles- I was going to, I wanted to bring that up in spoilers, but this movie has so many similarities to men which is my least favorite movie of the year (laughs) compared to this, which is like, see, Alex Garland, this is what you were trying to do. This is how you could have done that well. Yeah, and we can get into specifics there, but I think like with those two movies, this movie it like handles a lot of similar themes just in general, Um, and it is not only more subtle and more, I think, it delves deeper but it's just overall a more entertaining movie on top of that stuff too it is such a better movie it is (laughs) wildly you know like men is about a woman who books an airbnb and she feels uncomfortable oh yeah like like you know what i wasn't even thinking like that like into the plot of that movie but yeah like just even from basic premise it's very similar. I I thought of that on the on driving home from the theater, and I'm like, I have to bring this up in spoilers. So <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. There's there are you know very basic similarities in the overall like here's the premise. It was almost like a writing prompt, and they had two very different outcomes. Yeah, this um, is the uh, this is the A student, and Men was the uh, was like the D student, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the D student who thinks he's really smart. Yeah, um, yes. Do we even want to say anything else? I, yeah, I don't think so. I think I mean we can't really spoil. Or, or, the, well, we can spoil. We shouldn't spoil anymore. I, I don't remember. Was the score good? I can't remember. The I can't music. really remember it. I think it was fine. It didn't stick out to me, so that means it's probably at least fine. I might have liked it, but I cannot remember. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> I guess I think it was good. 
So it might have been good, yeah. But cinematography was excellent. Edit- yeah. I thought the editing was excellent. I mm-hmm. thought it was just great. General I thought it- structure of the story was very unique and and jarring but effective. So yes. I liked it. Um, I like my one gripe of the movie. I guess is that I thought the first act was probably the best. So like mm-hmm. the first forty five minutes of the movie are not topped by the rest of the movie, but that by no means means the rest of the movie is not very entertaining and well made. Mm-hmm. I just think the very beginning is really good. Um. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's all there is to say about it, honestly, non-spoiler-wise. Oh, I, we, I did also mention this after the movie. I think there's comparisons you could draw between this and Malignant, too, but this is also better than that movie. Yes. But um, all right. get into that in a bit. Sounds good. Um, do you want to recommend this to a certain group of people, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, it, I like I said, the premise. Like, if you're If you like horror movies or just thrillers in general... If you think that premise is interesting of there's this lady who goes and finds out her Airbnb is double booked and she has no like idea mm-hmm. on whether or not to trust this other guy. But her circumstances are kind of forcing her into this specific situation. Then uh, go see it. If that if that sounds interesting to you at all and it's and you have the seal of approval for me and Holden, that's a very fun <laughs> entertaining well-made movie yeah and uh, uh if you just like if that sounds so terrifying to you and you're not a fan of horror then maybe avoid it yeah but seriously uh, go see this or or if you're like i don't like movies that are just insane <laughs> also it's it. it's weird to think about i mean their label isn't on it but it is technically a disney movie <laughs> like <laughs> it's 20th century studios but it is it's disney yeah um i'll give this movie a score i think i will give it an eight out of ten very nice okay on to spoilers on to spoilers all right spoilers for barbarian which is just most of the movie (laughs) (laughs) what okay first off genius decision to cast bill skarsgård yes because like subconsciously he's pennywise the clown like Mm -hmm. and just the whole setup from the beginning of like it's set up as like the the this something's gonna happen with this guy and even though he seems like the most reasonable person explaining like hey i don't want to open the bottle of wine or whatever (laughs) or like do you want to watch me remake the cup of tea like it was so effective of how, you know, just every little thing. Like, you really felt like you were in the the main character's shoes throughout all this, thinking the same thoughts she was of, well, like, oh, I'll make you some tea. Like, heck no, I am not going anywhere near that. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Like, even the clothes bottle on, no chances. I'm looking for any other hotel. Yeah, I mean, even... Even when he's like, you know, trying to prove himself that he's not a creep and he's doing, as you said, like the unopened bottle, all of this, he's like constantly rambling like a maniac (laughs) because he's like, he's this like socially awkward guy, which is, you know, it's fine. Um, But he's just like, he's trying to like 
cover up his own like, like prove himself and in he's the overdoing it to the yeah, point he's that overdoing it's just like it. oh i i'll wash the sheets for you so you can stay in the room mm-hmm. i'll go get your stuff from your car um yeah it's it's he's like he's gone from just complete creep he's gone like to the uh, the complete other end which is like way too nice that he still could be a complete creep <laughs> yeah like he's thinking about this so mm-hmm. by thinking about this maybe he is that you know it's like all mm-hmm. this psychology you feel as the viewer getting inside your own head and you know it's a horror movie so you know something's gonna happen yeah um as much as you like grow to like bill skarsgård's character you're like you want him to be this good person yeah. and he is <laughs> like that's the <laughs> twist like he just it, like when he goes down into the basement and all that stuff uh before we dive into that which what like that was great um him just getting his head smushed yeah it the barb the lady went Kristen cole on him yeah <laughs> it uh the movie goes full um like parasite honestly i don't it might not be as big of a like shift as in parasite because i think that movie is just all over the place in terms of tone and whatnot um very similar experience though like it is just the movie just constantly changes uh, genres and it literally goes into another underground room which is where (laughs) at the point in parasite when that movie kind of shifts yeah um so it, yeah, it's it's just it. The movie is constantly reinventing itself, and the moment where she finds the underground room, you can just tell like this is oh, this is a turning point in the movie. This just doesn't feel like <laughs> where we thought it was heading. Well, like yeah, she needs toilet paper, and it's of course in the basement. Yeah. Um, Bill Skarsgård like having every horror movie basement. It looked on okay. Honestly, it looked a lot like the Conjuring basement. I don't know if you thought that, but oh, I, I didn't thought, like, think that. No. Yeah, I I thought like the the famous basement from the Conjuring. It looked like very similar in layout to that. So I don't know if that was an homage or not. But. I don't know. It was pretty tidy for a horror basement. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and then, like, that, you know, nothing happens, and there's nobody lurking down there, you know, all that stuff, and um, finding the rope and the secret. There were so many moments that, like, my eyes started watering from the tension. Like, I was just like, this is so, ah, nerve-wracking, <laughs> yeah. and, like, it was just such a fun ride, and uh, I loved, like, just for example like the close-up shots of her locking the doors Mm -hmm. and then she goes to sleep and she doesn't lock the like you just are like she didn't lock the door oh my gosh (laughs) she's gonna wake up the the, scars guards gonna like be breathing on her yeah doors are like such a a big motif in this i mean it's even on like the poster the poster is literally just her standing in a doorway so they make a big deal of every single door that opens and closes here whether that be you know her bedroom door or the big you know secret doors in the basement all of that it's just a big part um yeah yeah just i i love that bill skarsgård having night terrors was horrifying <laughs> and then he's also horrified at her <laughs> um yeah i thought that was great her getting locked in the the basement and him coming to help her i thought he was gonna get 
murdered when he was going to pull her out of the window. Oh, or yeah. The Me keys too. or whatever. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to die right now. <laughs> but uh, no. Helps her get out and then uh, goes and checks out the the room. And I was like, okay, now we're going to find out that he's this crazy person luring her down there. But Well, yeah. It, I mean, the movie follows it, where, like similar things we've seen before where, you know, he goes down and in other movies, you know, he would pretend not to notice. And then, oh, he goes silent because he wants to draw down the victim or whatever feigns for help when he starts yelling all of that kind of stuff so you you know you are expecting him to come get her but no he is genuinely in danger (laughs) there's someone else down here yeah like just terrifying Um, i initially thought it was like a human trafficking thing like i thought that's there was the basement and there are the cages and all of that and i was like oh is this like this is turning into like a weird like thriller like human trafficking kind of thing but it wasn't actually so yeah it was i liked the allusion to things too like it really Mm -hmm. didn't tell you that much yeah like you didn't get to see a lot you see the room with the videotapes or you see the room with the camcorder and then you see the videotapes you see the cages you see this really old creepy guy yeah but you don't they don't show you anything. They just yeah. give you the flashback where he pretends to be a maintenance worker to get in this lady's house. Yeah, I, I think one of my jumping, just jumping ahead slightly, I think one of my bigger gripes with the movie is like the exposition dump towards the end. Um, I just feel like with how effective it was, like conveying all this through just hints and clues and everything that conversation that the homeless guy has at the end it just kind of felt like an easy way to you know tie up everything that we were expecting and everything so yeah i thought he was the one character who stood out Mm -hmm. and like the part where he's like what He's like, well, I've been living here for 15 years. You never come through that wall. I thought, yeah, I was like, okay, that was a little cheesy. His, his, literally, his only purpose was to like give them information, and so it honestly, it kind of feels like maybe that was like a studio thing. Like maybe this like 20th century was like, all right, people are not going to understand what's happening. We need to add in a character that can you know convey the rest of this information. Maybe I don't know. Um, um, although also it, it was just nice to you know have another person for the, this crazy woman to rip his arm off <laughs> just like his brutal kill because we hadn't had very many yeah um, um oof, yeah um then yeah so bill skarsgård gets his his face smushed in and and then you have the, then the scene just cuts and all of a sudden you're following uh the aj who's played by um Oh, what's Justin Long. Justin Long, yeah. Uh, what a, you know, just <laughs> what a 180 <laughs> complete shift in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it's it was it was very jarring and effective. And like <laughs> and he is a character like that. We start following him for another 20, 30 minutes, however long. Um, and he's just like he's this pathetic like guy who he's he's had these like rape allegations uh like lever leveled against him and everything and um 
he's like denying it you're like well i don't you know you know is this being blown out of proportion then the more he talks you're like no this guy is just the epitome of a scumbag yeah he's just this terrible guy but in like at the same time i mean you're not rooting for him or anything but he is also a very effective like comic relief character and just like completely shifts the tone of the movie and for the most part, like, you're not really laughing at, like, him or with him. You're mostly just laughing at him because he is just this pathetic, you know, <laughs> little <laughs> despicable man. So yeah. aloof to yeah. the rest of the world and how it operates. and Exactly. Just an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, which the comic relief. So, of course, X, which I won't spoil, had one of the moments where I laughed really hard. And then this movie, <laughs> him looking up, oh my, he's like, oh my gosh, pulls up the computer, do underground rooms count towards square footage or whatever he puts it Yeah. <laughs> Which was, that was so funny. Honestly, I, I probably found that even funnier than the, the scene from X, because I mean, that scene from X was great, but I just the timing in this and the fact that uh, this movie does just jump all over the place with tone. And that was at the point where we saw this comic relief character start to shift into that horror aspect because we see the underground room. But then it just goes right back to comedy. Right. It back. Was so good. He's got the tape measure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just excited, like just like the 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 difference between Tess or whatever the main character's name is going down there and the horror of that and him just all like oh my gosh this is amazing <laughs> which it it's like a perfect blend of comedy and horror because you are like you're laughing at this uh, this pathetic guy doing this pathetic thing and then but at the same time you're like this this crazy lady that we saw just a brief flash of could jump out at any moment <laughs> like <laughs> And we don't know if Tess is alive or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, very effective. He's just in the room with the video camera and the bed, and it's that bloody handprint on the wall, just completely ignorant of everything that's happening, of his surroundings. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so oh maybe gosh. it can count. Heck yeah, or whatever he says. It's <laughs> digging through. Um Great. The way his the way his just eyes widen when he finds the second staircase, <laughs> he's like, "Oh my gosh, even more!" Yeah, so funny. Um, anybody down here? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, great, very, very, very effective. Also, the the monster, the mother character, is just horrifying. Yeah, and like <laughs> the little nose boops. <laughs> like there's comedy in that too and it's like it's also very sad right because it's like this inbred thing that came from all these you know yeah it's rape just, it's like horrifying from this just guy continually and, inbred i mean that's what i was wondering initially when that was when we saw that flash of her before the justin long switch i was like well, okay, that doesn't look, like, fully human. So is there, like, something, like, maybe sci-fi or, or horror going on, like, supernatural going on here? But it is just this severely inbred person that is very sad. The videotapes and, like, that's the only exposure to the outside world and just wanting to be, like, a mother. Mm-hmm. And, like, giving the bottle 
like just that's just like so weird and what like it's great that's the horror i love is just like this is uncomfortable scary and hilarious all at the same time is yeah. like my favorite feeling to feel in a horror movie which i did feel a lot through throughout x and then throughout this movie as well um so that that was just that was really great the the boop the little the breastfeeding sequence like oh mm. gosh oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, all that um just horrifying uh and i i was telling you i was like i got resident evil 7 vibes when like they're in the basement and you know whatnot uh yeah i I got that and then i mean people compared this uh, these two but uh pt um that playable like teaser game that came out that was supposed to be for the new silent hill but then there's Hideo Kojima got fired from Konami or whatever. Anyway, there was a big thing like 10 years ago or whatever. Um, but you got can some sell your PlayStation for like a thousand dollars if it's installed or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those Resident Evil 7 and that have similarities in and of itself, too. But um. yeah, I mean, like it was all effective. And like I said, alluding to that different stuff, like how the even like the 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 uncomfortability of like the tapes having the names of these women and then Mm -hmm. one is just like gas station chick or whatever it's like oh my gosh yeah doesn't even like doesn't even have the names or anything it's oh my god it's yeah and just the stuff left for your imagination yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get aside from, you know, knowing that there there's been a lot of inbreeding going on. There's a lot of that whatever the man has done is very implied. Like we don't know exactly what came what became of all of these women. I mean, you can assume that they died in some capacity, but um yeah, it's just horrible. I mean, like in the number of cages, like how many people he had at once and what the mm-hmm. videotapes were of and for in that room and the handprint and all that's just horrifying um yes (laughs) justin long Uh, i love it when he's like you know maybe i'm just a good person who did a bad thing and i'm trying to make up for it and then he just does it immediately just does another (laughs) very bad thing it's like no you're just a a bad person yeah yeah i mean it, it was like his character was a lot more in intriguing it with that whole like uh like oh i'm just the nice guy kind of angle of a of like commentary um with a lot of a lot of movies like this have been trying to take i mean even with men and don't worry darling have have tackled that um but just in law it is more i think it's more kind of nuanced with him because i mean we genuinely see him do some good things but then just immediately get <laughs> like do something terrible again like he i like he does for a while like want to help tess yes but as soon as as soon as like it becomes like a hindrance for him even before he like pushes her off he just like ditches her after like (laughs) the uh uh the lady bursts in and kills the homeless guy um and initially, I thought that was going to be more of a point of conflict. Um, but, I mean, then immediately he pushes her off the top of the building. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, even, like, you could. there's commentary on the fact that, like, he accidentally shoots Tess. 
And mm-hmm. he's like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, this is horrible. And Tess is like, oh no, it was an accident. Like, Tess gives him the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Rather than like, why the F did you shoot me? Like, you idiot, all that sort of thing. It's like almost like this, you know, the ingrained, like, passivity or, or disclaimers that, like, society can ingrain into into women and stuff. It's like, you know, there's even commentary there. Well, so, and also it's it's also like she had just trusted Bill Skarsgård, who turned out to be a good guy. Um, and so maybe she's also like, oh, well, maybe this guy, you know, I've been proven wrong in my doubts before. So maybe this guy is also just here to help and genuinely made a mistake. But then <laughs> it turned out to be incorrect. Yeah. Um, yes. Much more effective commentary than men. Mm-hmm. Much more of a uh, promising young woman. In terms yeah. of its, its commentary, than yeah. than the men. So, yeah. Anything else to kind of to kind of share? Of course, we have the ending, um, where it's it's almost like tragic when she shoots the the mother. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like because it's like this thing. It's really, I mean, it did terrible things. It didn't realize it. It was just trying to be loving. Yeah, it, to it, its children. Yeah, it's just trying to do what it was raised to, like, know, which was essentially just be a mother. And, like, you can tell, like, she's like, oh, I'm trying to pick you up and take you back to take care of you. Yeah. Like, I genuinely think the mother was not, like, evil, which is like, oh, the real barbarian is Justin Long (laughs) Holden. Which his And the guy, the dad. The dad is definitely awful. Oh, yeah. the, The dad is probably the worst character in the movie but um no it the justin long's comeuppance though with him just getting his head ripped in half was pretty it was he got the gooey eyes and then he got his head ripped off oh yeah yeah. in half which was um satisfying and very gruesome i thought it was very entertaining yeah i think i think it's it's just it's funny that i mean this this woman is just superhumanly strong which is just essentially you know because she was inbred but i like it doesn't go much deeper than that we don't need any explanation why she's strong we just buy it yeah i don't yeah i don't need that i again i like how the, so they alluded to so much mm-hmm. and uh it was really good and i i like it even more the more i think about it which is the sign of a good movie did you say there were some logic things that you did you want to bring I yeah up? I don't know I th- I I'm kind of like you I'm liking it more as I'm talking about it I think my main gripe with the movie was I I think at the beginning even though I did like the Bill Skarsgård and all of that I, it felt a little too um I don't want to say generic but it, it felt like it was it it felt a little too obvious where it was going and obviously it takes some twists, but I feel like it just takes a bit before it gets really interesting and weird. And then even when it gets weird for me, it's, I'm not, I'm not sure if all of the like random time jumps and everything necessarily worked with me. I think the Justin Long one did, but like the dad character, his flashback, I liked it, but you don't need it. I agree. You don't, that's yeah. why you don't need it. It adds a little. I liked the use of the very wide angle lenses. That was a yeah look yeah. and the aspect ratio change. It wasn't it, absolutely necessary though. 
Yeah, and I, I think there's just like some things there that could be tightened up in my opinion. But overall, yeah, I, I am liking this. I like this movie quite a bit. There are so. some cool things with the soundscape too at the beginning. I remember like, I think the music was good. I, I remember thinking that, but I can't remember what it actually was. So yeah, um, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at too. But like, I remember the cool, unique things with the soundscape towards the beginning, like something weird sound when she like gets out of the car or something there's i don't know i just remember that being cool i really liked when she walks in and you get the 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 title mm-hmm. um card yeah just again awesome. all the little insert shots the shots of the locks the shots of like the toothbrush her taking the picture of the id what i uh, what do you make of the title jimmy to barbarian barbarian yeah well, barbarian literally means someone who is not from Rome or Greece. So I interpret it as none of the characters in the movie were from Rome or Greece. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that like the whole thing is like you're trying to figure out who the barbarian is. And mm-hmm. um, ultimately, it's the dad guy. But also, Justin Long is uncivilized in terms of his how he treats women and his thoughts of them. That would be my interpretation of it. I I was reading this uh, interview with the director who apparently Barbarian was like the the temp name for the script or whatever. And uh, when they started filming it, um, but then they just decided to keep it. Um, it wasn't supposed to be the full title, but they decided to go with it. All right. I had some good ideas for like uh movies to go along with barbarian like you like this what else would you like uh okay. some movies that come to mind promising young woman yep uh 10 cloverfield lane yeah yeah i um, can see that do i trust this guy i i think there's some uh, similarities there and the last one is uh creep um, okay uh, I would say those, you know, like, who is this strange other person I'm with? Can I trust them? Yeah, sort of things, cre- Creep also- especially. I think Creep is by far the closest, just in terms of general, con- especially with, like, the beginning of this movie. Um, but, yeah, those are all good good recommendations. Yeah. I Promising Young uh, Woman was, was that both of our favorite movie from that year? Uh, no, mine? mine was Minari. Okay. But, but I we both really, really liked, liked Promising Young Woman too, and it's a movie that I would like to rewatch someday. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I think that's all I got to say, Holden. Anything else you want to say before we go into our final segment? No, I think I'm I'm good. All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, so this week I was looking it up and I actually did only watch one other movie and that was this morning. I watched um, the classic Universal monster version of The Mummy. Um, Like the old one? Yeah, the old one. How was that? Um, It was pretty good. Uh, Well, I I say that it's pretty good from like a technical like angle. Um, It being 1932, I think was the year it came out and it's... Um, just the sets and everything were very cool. Boris Karloff, who played the Frankenstein's monster, also plays the mummy in this, and he was great. Um, the story was a little all over the place. I'm it, it was 
it was not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting from this, um, but honestly, there were a lot of similarities, more similarities between this and the uh, Brendan Fraser mummy movie than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was expecting that to be the mummy in name only essentially, but I think that movie did take some story beats from the, the OG. Um, I would definitely recommend the Frankenstein movies over this, but I'm just kind of on, I'm wanting to watch a lot of these classics. I think I'll watch Invisible Man next, which I've heard is very good. Um, So we'll see about that. Nice. Um, But then TV, I've been watching Succession, uh, which is great. Just finished season one. Uh, Really, really liking that. I liked that finale a lot. So I'm... Yeah, I told you. Things are going (laughs) to turn. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I'm I'm really really interested to see where season two goes, um, but aside from that, just keeping up on all my shows, I did start the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, which has been uh, very entertaining so far. Quite like I'm liking that season three was probably the weakest one in my opinion so far. So and I'm liking four even more than that. So that's good. Um. I did start kind of start a rewatch of Parks and Rec too. That's kind of on the side. Now um, that you have Peacock, huh? Yeah, because I got Peacock. Um, so yeah, and that's good. I got through season one, which is the the weakest, um, but there were still some funny moments in that. I was, yeah, no, I'm rewatching season one. I'm like, this is not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, it's. I think season one of The Office is worse. Um, but that, I mean, that was like the first of its kind on U.S. television, and obviously Parks and Rec takes a lot from that. So, um, yeah. And video game wise, uh, I started a Yakuza Four because uh, Logan, my brother, started playing it and was telling me that he thought it was actually like the second best Yakuza game. And I, it took me a few days to get really into it i actually there was a point where i was like i don't know maybe i'm like yakuza yakuza out for a bit like i've been playing a lot of these games over the last few years but i did hit a point where i am really liking it nice so i'm i think i'm about a third of the way through that game but nice nice uh, um yeah i think that's it jimmy what about you what are you doing I think the only thing of note is that I finished Nathan for you, um, which the final episode is kind of interesting. It's like an hour and 20 minute documentary uh, Mm -hmm. kind of based on one of the recurring people who show up throughout the show um, and their search for a long lost loved one. Okay. Um, It's interesting. Uh, It's a, you know, interesting way to end the show. I don't know if they were planning on coming back for another season. I haven't looked into it. But I, I'm guessing I'll start watching the rehearsal. So yeah. we'll see, we'll see what that's like. That apparently that is just bonkers. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, I would I'd recommend Nathan for you to people who, uh, you know, find that just watch a couple episodes and you're like, you know, do you find this entertaining or not? Um, at times I'm like, this is kind of manipulative. I mean, not kind of, <laughs> very manipulative. I feel bad for the people in it but it's also very entertaining and funny and short and fast paced so that's nice if i catch up on what we do in the shadows soon enough i might start that because i saw it's leaving hbo max at the end of the month it is wow i watched that at a very good time yeah so i might have to try to binge that before but we'll see 
that's where's it going i don't know Paramount plus or something maybe yeah paramount plus does have comedy central stuff so that yeah honestly that is probably where it's going so maybe it's not a big deal do you have paramount you have paramount plus too i do and peacock and they just suckered you into all of these holden well uh, paramount okay so i have paramount and peacock mostly because um i kind of i'm paying for it like while my parents are paying for the other ones so we're kind of splitting it okay um but i don't know my mom really likes a lot of stuff on peacock and paramount plus so i'm like i eh, might as well keep it around so i can watch things occasionally watch some universal monster movies you know oh that's where they're on huh yeah peacock peacock all right otherwise i think that's it so oh i watched the 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 rings of power the new one. Oh yeah how was the new one it was good it could have been better like there, like the battle was okay i liked the ideas behind this episode and there are cu- a couple cool moments and they're actually like noteworthy things that happen that would be worth talking about <laughs> um but the battle itself like it wasn't like, compared to lord of the rings where you have like helms deep and you very much understand geographically what is happening and what is trying to be accomplished and you have these different story beats going on simultaneously this was like here we are chaos all right the battle's over and it's like there's some ideas in there and there's they tried to make these little story beats but it's very it's told in a way that you it doesn't you don't really know what's happening until it's happened. Sure. And it's it's does it's just not as effective. Like you don't feel like the the roller coaster nature of it. You don't like I don't have a sense of like how many orcs there are left or how many people are left or what is happening. And it's not like it's not disorienting. It's just not you don't feel the stakes as you're watching it. Or at least I didn't mm-hmm. compared to these other scenes that do it very well. Um such as a Helm's Deep or a Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones or something like that. Um, that would be my critique. But there, like, there actually are good character moments where they have to make choices. And okay. Adar, that uh, the guy who's not Sauron, is <laughs> still continues to be the the most intriguing character. Okay. Um, and it's got a, a pretty cool finish too that I didn't uh, necessarily see coming until like there's a shot and you're like oh well this clearly is about to happen now and then then it does happen uh um but yeah uh it'll be interesting to see where it goes but like worth talking about but not a 10 out of 10 as you said ign gave it yeah but it had its moments it was you know it was certainly a a move in the right direction cool so yeah that's that's what i've been doing in a couple weeks when it's over when it's over um It was against like 70 minutes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. Holden, take us home. What do we got next week? Yeah, so next week uh, we have uh, Amsterdam, I believe, that we'll be doing. That's the new Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington. Everyone is in this movie. Everybody Um, else. Yeah. Um, So we'll probably see that. And then we've also got uh, Hot D, of course, Episode 7 and Andor Episode 5. Very excited for both of those. Yes. Um, But yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. 
believe that's it, Jimmy. Yeah, your brother requested a review of poultry, poultry Geist? Yes, he did. So, he told me. Thanks for that, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, so that's, that's what we got coming at you hot next week. Until Sweet. then, adios pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. Yeah.